Who's ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Open up your Bibles with me and turn to Habakkuk chapter 2. If you're watching online, I encourage you to open up your word with me today. I'll be going there in just a moment. And as always, I want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness with your tithes and with your offering and with your giving. It allows us to do things here and around the world. And if you'd like to be a part of that today, our ushers will be at the door as you leave. You can fill out an envelope, drop it in the bucket. You can go online, LegacyRome.com. You can give on or you can give on your app or you can text any amount to the number on that screen right there. So thank you so much for your faithfulness with your tithes and with your offerings. I'm going to Habakkuk chapter two in just a moment. I want to lay some groundwork for you, uh, just kind of recap some things excuse me, um, that we talked about last week. We started a couple of weeks ago, started talking about restoration, and I want to talk about uh, restoration again. And last week I was sharing with you all about how our God can restore years of life. He can restore time to you. There are a lot of things uh, that will be stolen from you. There are people can steal your car. People can steal money from you. And most of those things can be replaced in some form or fashion, but there's only one person that has the ability to restore time, and that is our Lord God. Amen. Can I get an amen on that? You can go get another friend. You can get another job. You can get a lot of different things, but only God can give you back time. In Job, we were, we were looking at when God was speaking and said, I am going to give you back the things that only I can give you. And that thing is time. And if I were to take a poll this morning, I guarantee you so many probably at least majority of the people in this room, uh, if I were to take a poll about have you ever felt like you've wasted time or you lost time, I guarantee you uh, a majority of the people would, would raise your hand and say, yes, I felt like I have lost some time time at some point in my life, but I want to remind you that the Bible says that if God is your God, you really haven't lost anything because he can restore it. Amen. The devil may have stolen it, but you haven't lost it because God can restore it to you. And so many times we, the believers, we, we, we people in the church, we walk around and we talk about things that God, someone stole that from me. I lost that. I should have never been with him. I should have never been with her. I've lost time. I should not have been in that job. But if that's your motif, if that's the way that you operate, if that's the way that you talk, I want to just to remind you to be careful how you talk because if we keep talking it, we start believing it. And if you start believing you've lost everything, you start believing that God can never ever return it to you. Amen? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth starts to speak, but the devil is a liar because God can restore those things back to you. Also last week, I told you the story of the man with the withered hand in the Gospels and Jesus comes into the synagogue and it is somewhat of an unusual story because most of the time when, when such a uh, happening occurs like this, any time that Jesus would come in contact through the Gospels, usually it was followed up by he was healed. But this 
This passage says that this man's hand was restored and we found out that before his hand was restored and if we also want to be restored, we have to take a step forward. Jesus walked in and he called the man out of the crowd and he said, step forward. Whenever you have something in your past that you want to be that you want to be restored to your present, you have to take a step towards your future. Amen. But instead, so many times people in the church, we look back and we want to correct that thing in our past. We want to put our hand on it. But how many of you know that whenever you start trying to fix the past yourself, it will always end up in a mess. Can I get an amen? Because anything that we try to do, it will end up in a mess by ourselves. But I was reminded and I even told first service that there was once a prophet he had the same issue and this prophet's name was Randy Travis and he said and I quote I'm digging up bones I'm digging up bones exhuming things that's better left alone he even knew that he should not be meddling in the past and like I told first service don't email me I know he's not a prophet he's a country singer but the word says I'm just trying to make you laugh this morning but forgetting those things which are behind us, amen, and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. It said, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting those things that I keep trying to put my hand on and trying to forgetting those things. Do you realize that forgetting does not mean that you can no longer remember those things, but forgetting means that you make a conscious decision. I am moving on. I may can remember it, but I'm not living there anymore. Why? Because I'm moving forward and God is restoring me. Can I get an amen this morning? Restoration. One of those definitions we talked about last week is restoration means to create a new structure, to make something like new. And when God restores and when God makes something new, it always turns out better than it was the first time. God never brings you back to the exact same place. It is heaven's restoration process because heaven's restoration process involves restitution. It will always be better. It will always be greater because that is the way our God operates. Amen. In Habakkuk chapter two, I hope you have it open. Here God is talking to Habakkuk and he is telling him that he is about to turn Israel around and bring them back. There is about to be this restoration of, of the nation. And he's telling Habakkuk that, 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 that he will even use enemies to make this happen. Don't you just love it when God uses your enemies for your good? God is always turning it around for your good. And he's, he's telling him, I'm even going to use your enemies. But Habakkuk was not crazy about this method. He was not crazy about this method that God 
was speaking to him because he would have to change some things. How many of you know that whenever you are in a cycle that, that, that requires change, sometimes it can be so difficult to make. Uh, and sometimes you start to lose sight of the goal because you get so caught up with making the changes. And this conversation that we're speaking of today is God telling Habakkuk that he needs to do some things he hasn't done. He needs to do some things so he doesn't get lost in this process of restoration. So he needs to make some changes. In Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2, the word says, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it for the vision is yet for an appointed time say this is my time come on say this is my time sit with me this is my time he said for the vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end I excuse me at the end it will speak and it will not lie though it tarries wait for it because it will surely come in this passage, God is saying, now that I am taking you through this change, now that you are in this restoration process, now that I'm bringing everything back around, it cannot be like it used to be. There are changes that you have to to make before and so that this can take root. You can't treat people like you used to. You can't handle things like you used to. You can't have the same attitude that you did back then. You can't have the same friends you did back then because you lost too much time in those things. But now there has to be restoration. Now there has to be some change in your life so that now that I'm making some change for God to restore my life, how, how do we do that? How does that happen? One way that you make this change is that you have to be sure that everyone connected to you, every person connected to you knows your vision and where you are headed. He said, write it out and make it plain. If you don't know your vision and where it is that you are headed, let me tell you something. You will connect yourself to the wrong people and you will never be able to get through the door because the wrong person will be connected to your side. Have you ever been connected to the wrong person in life? And whenever you need someone to run with you, if they don't know where you are running, if they don't have the ability to keep up with you, then guess what? You need to complete it all by yourself because guess what? He said, he said, it has to be so plain that they don't need a dictionary. They don't need a degree in theology to know wherever you're headed. The word said that he may run who reads it. He may run who reads it. The word to me, it kind of sounds like that God right here is saying that he's already placed people in your path. He's already called people to come to you at a strategic time to be a part of the very restoration process. And when these people come into your life, 
They should just be able to look at you. They should be able just to look at your actions and watch where you are headed to see the vision and to see the call on your life. When someone comes in contact with you, you should not have to have a sit-down lunch meeting with them. You should not have to have a coffee with them in the corner of Starbucks while you're sipping on a latte to tell them where you are headed. No, but others need to be able just to look at you and say, that man is a part of the kingdom. She's a daughter of the Most High. I can tell where they are going. They are on a mission from heaven. Your actions should notify everyone around you that you are on a mission from heaven. And the word says that the steps of the righteous are ordered. And when someone watches your steps, they should be able to see that God's hand is on your life. Can I get an amen this morning? The people needed a change. They needed a restoration. I don't know about you, but as I increase in my years, as I get older, I'm, I'm be, I'll be 40 this year. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be stuck in a spiritual rut. I don't want to be so stuck in my ways and thinking that I can't change what needs to be changed. Amen. I don't want to be so stuck in religion that when God is standing before me, trying to get me to get through a door that and I won't even let him do it simply because I don't want to change amen but we we and and what what we we've got to understand that what got us to this place will not get us there say what got me here say it what got me here will not get me there what got me here will not get me there see there are things that got you here today that will not get you through the rest of this year. Five years ago, you may have been okay praying once uh, once a week, and that day was on Sunday when I asked you to pray with me. You may have been fine five years ago, but now there are battles right now, and there are bigger, bigger battles in your future that you will not be able to live a victorious life praying like you did five years ago. Can I get an amen? Because what got us here will not get us there. And this word this morning says that one day this vision for this appointed time, it will speak. It's very interesting to me how a vision can speak. I was telling first service that I was listening to this man that I like to hear preach and, and he was years ago and I remember he was sharing on this very passage that one day how the vision will speak and he was breaking it down in such a way I'd love to share it with you today. He was even sharing that the, that the Hebrew word for speak in this verse means a sudden burst of air. So it is saying that one day at the appointed time that vision that God has for you, it will just be it will be like a burst of air in front of you. And whenever you catch a vision of what it is that he wants for you to do, there are some people in the house you are trying to ask God, God, what is it that you want me to do with this relationship? Can this marriage even work? Should I take that job? Should I go back to school? God, give me a vision. And whenever you catch a vision of what it is that God is wanting you to do, a lot 
lot of times you will spend more time in the preparation of the vision than you do in the reality of it. This pastor was speaking and he says so often this is what it looks like it looks like we're us constantly breathing in but never being able to exhale see i've been i've been paying my tithes and and you breathe in and you're, and you're and you're trying to get where god wants you to and i've been going to church and i'm connected and i and i serve and i give and you keep on just just breathing in and you keep breathing in and you keep breathing in and it's like you keep doing and doing but you never see nothing happen has there ever been anyone in the house where you have been there where it feels like I have been praying and I have been praying and I have been sowing and giving but it feels like nothing and it feels like nothing ever comes into fruition you can never see it happen and you keep going and going and as you continue to breathe in with your faithfulness every deed everything that you do every time you give every time that you serve every time that you praise when you don't feel like it every time you're the only person in the room that's lifting up their hands and you just keep pressing in every time you go to your job and you want to quit but you sit there and you just declare the goodness of the Lord over you every time you keep going on every time you pray and you and you fast and you can't see it guess what what? There is a buildup of wind in the spirit inside of you. Your prayers did not go to waste. Your fasting will never be wasted. Amen. Your giving, it is never wasted in the spirit. And everything that you did back then for preparation will one day it will burst open like a breath of air and it will it will blow you into something new. And it will be like the wind that is blowing. And all of a sudden, you will not realize it, but everything you did in the past to prepare for it, it will be like a breath of burst of fresh air at your back. It will be like the it will be like the wind blowing in the spirit. And whenever there is a wind of heaven, guess what? It is always blowing at your back. Why? Because it is blowing you. It is pushing you into restoration. It is pushing you into something new. He said, "Though it tarries, wait on it. Wait on it." Wait for it. Look at your neighbor and say, wait on it. Waiting on the wind to blow. I can tell that there are a lot of people in this room. You cannot stand to wait. Can I get an amen? Point at your neighbor. If it's, if it, if it's about your neighbor, just <laughs> prophesy to him. Say, this, this is for you. Say, he's talking about you today. And not only is this room full of people that do not like to wait, this room is also full of people who do not like change. You cannot stand change. You, 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 it, just, the, just the word change makes you cringe. And he says, he says, wait on it. Wait on it. Wait does not mean lazy. Can I get an amen? Wait does not mean lazy. I was telling first, there is there was one thing I can't stand. I'd rather you lie to my face than be lazy. I just cannot stand lazy. Lazy bones in my bones, they just cannot connect. There is something about laziness. It drives me crazy. 
I cannot stand laziness. And so many times we have confused waiting with us sitting down being lazy. The waiting season of your life should be the busiest season ever. Waiting should be the busiest season of your life. And the waiting is where you are actually preparing for battle. And the waiting is where you are actually preparing for an ambush. Do you know what an ambush is? I know some of you play video games, so you know what an ambush is. An ambush is when you are simply waiting for that door to open. And when that door opens, I'm going to run through it. I don't care what it takes. I am waiting. I am waiting. I'm not going to be sleeping. But now in the spirit, so many times in the spirit, we wait in the spirit like we wait on planet earth. And we pick up our phone and we get on Facebook. <laughs> and we swipe because we're waiting on the Lord. The earthly version of waiting is like going into a waiting room. Let's even be more specific. Going into the ER waiting room. Don't that make you just want to, oh gosh. You're like, Lord, heal me now. <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night on a Friday. You've been there, hadn't you? I was there a few years ago. I had a kidney stone the size of my microphone. <laughs> Woo! Roll the stone away, Lord, do it. Sarah dropped me off because we had the kids. She went back to the house because she had the kids. I'm sitting in a wheelchair in a fetal position, throwing up in the corner. I'd been there for hours. And I come to the realization, let me share a word with you. If you're ever in the waiting room and you need to get to the back real quick, just tell them you think you're having a heart attack. <laughs> I'm wheeling myself over, can barely move. And she looks at me, she said, can I help you? I said, I think I'm having a heart attack. She said, come on back, sir. I said, thank you. <laughs> yes, I lied, but it got me there. I was laying in the back saying, Lord, forgive me. And so many times in the spirit, we wait on the Lord like we wait in the ER room. We are looking at our phone. We are looking around. Do you know what kind of people go to the ER? We're looking around. We're talking about people. We're like, what are all these crazy people doing around me in life? What is happening? And we're in there. We wait in the spirit like we're waiting for the ER. And we're on our phones and we're talking and we're talking about people. And we're rolling our eyes and we're like, gosh, get me to the back. And we're, here we are. But no, waiting in the spirit should be the busiest season of your life. Because whenever you're waiting on the Lord, you're not sitting on the couch, but you're on your knees and you're crying out. Your eyes are locked on the heels. Your hands are raised saying, God, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you, oh Lord. Get this. Sometimes we can be so spiritual that we have actually prayed a door open, but we will not walk through it because that will require change. If you don't want to change, you better quit praying. Amen. 
Because God will never answer a prayer that will not require you to change something in your life. There has never been a door open for me or for this church where I did not have to step into a new dimension to get it. And that, it's just the way it is. If you don't like change, you better quit praying because God's going to tell you to change something. Every answered prayer comes with you've got to change something. You've got to pray deeper. You've got to give more. You've got to break a barrier. Every time it happens, every time that it happens, and so many times we don't want to step through the door that we prayed open simply because we don't want to change. Listen, we will, we will, we will pray for an opportunity. But when the opportunity is handed to us, we just keep praying, but we never engage it because we don't want to change for it. You may remember this story. I preached a whole sermon on it and I told first service, I need to preach it again. And uh, it, was, it was a passage where Peter is in prison in the book of Acts. Herod was trying to slay him. He wanted to kill him. He's in prison. He has a date for his head to be chopped off. And the word says that the church was down, was down the street and they were gathered together and they had been together. They were, they, were, they were in a room and they had their lanterns lit and they are crying out to their God to restore Peter, to bring him back to them. They are crying out for his life down the road. Peter is in prison and when they were gathered together in constant prayer, they were praying and get this, as the church is down the road. They are praying. They are crying out. Peter is in prison. And guess what? Peter is asleep. That is the power of a praying church. He's about to be beheaded and he's asleep. Some of you can't even sleep when you know your iPhone ain't working. I hear a nervous laugh. I think it's conviction. This man is about to be murdered and he's in an old cell, not like over here at Floyd County. Probably could, this is, this is, this is somewhere even worse, probably a cave, no lights, nothing. And more than likely they probably stripped him down with no clothes and he's laying there asleep. That is the power of a praying church. And that is why you should be praying for the leaders of your church. Because guess what? The devil in hell wants to destroy every leader of every church. He cannot stand men and women with vision. He cannot stand it. And whenever, whenever there is somebody in, in, in our nation or in our church that has been called by God, guess what? Every demon it wants to destroy them. That is why you've got to pray for people you don't even agree with. You've got to pray for your president. I don't care if you voted for him or her or not. You've got to pray for them. Why? Because the devil is after them and you don't want them and you don't want the devil in their ear. You've got to pray for people who are walking around your leaders who are carrying burdens for you and your family. That is the power of a praying church that he was their leader and he's laying there asleep. Get this. While he's laying there probably naked, a naked jailbird. <laughs> Chained up. Church is over here weeping, crying, praying. An angel comes in. 
and the chains are broken. He gets up, gets his clothes on. He walks by the guards, walks by the guards, walks by the guards. He gets outside of the jail and he thought, Ooh, I have made it. I can see him letting out a big Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> the nature boy has made it. You know Ric Flair, he comes out in his garb. I have made it. I am a new creation. I cannot wait to get to my church and show them this is what the Lord has done. I am the miracle they've been praying for. I can't wait. Woo! I can't wait to get there. I know whenever I walk through the door, the Hammond B3 is going to be humming. And they're going to have a praise break whenever I get through the gate. Because I am free. He walks down the street and he knocks on the door. And guess what happens? Guess what? I can't wait to see the look on their faces. I can't wait when they see this miracle that they've been praying for. I can't wait. And he knocks on the door. And guess what? They wouldn't even let him in the door. They had been praying. But they wouldn't even let the man in the door. They wouldn't even let their miracle in the door. Finally, a little girl named Rhoda comes up and she sees her. She's like, oh my gosh. She goes back and says, Peter, a miracle is at the door. A miracle. Listen what the church does. They responded and said, you are crazy, Rhoda. Your name's not the only thing that's crazy. Your brain is crazy. Your eyes are crazy. There's no way you saw. How is he at the door? The church, we are over here praying for him to be released. How is he at the door? Are you listening to this? This is the state of the church today. We are over here praying, God move. And then fire comes knocking at the door. And we're like, how can fire be at the door? This ain't the last days, y'all. Oh, we're over here praying, Lord, send more. How can this be more? This ain't Acts, y'all. Oh, let me tell you, when something comes knocking at, we have become so spiritual that sometimes we cannot, we, we are so, we're making so much noise that we cannot even hear the mirror knocking on our door we're so caught up with everything that we cannot even hear it you've been praying so much that you don't even understand that what you've been praying for has already been opened before you you just don't want to change and get through it you've been spiritual enough now you've got to be able to move and step forward and make it and get through that and walk through that door they were waiting but they could not hear the knock of a miracle how many moves has a church missed simply because we thought that couldn't happen here Legacy. I know we're like three to four hundred people now, but it could never be a thousand. I know we've had about 80 people saved this year. We could never make it to a hundred. They were praying and praying. And when the miracle was at the door, they couldn't even let it in. Waiting for restoration. They were waiting on a miracle. But waiting needs to be like an ambush. Waiting needs to be wherever you are, whenever you are so in touch 
Whenever you are so in tune with everything, it is like you are, you are, you are waiting for that moment to happen. You are waiting for the attack to happen. You are waiting for it to happen. And all of a sudden, here it comes down the road. And guess what? What are we going to do with, when, when, when God actually does it? Can you house revival? Do you know what revival looks like? We've been praying for revival. We've been praying for fire. We've been praying for wind. But when it comes at your door, are you going to let it in? There's a lot of people that pray for fire. I know a lot of pastors, my friends, I'm not talking about anybody in this city, so don't even be thinking about that. Don't even start gossiping about that. Oh, I know who he's talking about. No, you don't. I know friends who pray for fire. But if fire ever came knocking on their church door, you ain't coming up in here. All we got is an hour, Holy Ghost. You ain't coming up in here. Because whenever you let the fire in, it attracts people who need the fire. It's so weird because people who are full of demonic powers, you'd think they would run from the fire. But there's something intriguing and it pulls them into it. And you've just got to be ready for somebody to walk off the streets and come into this place who may have got holes all in their veins, bloodshot eyes, the smell of alcohol on their breath. And if we can't host those people, we can't host the Holy Ghost. It ain't easy. It takes men and women who, who, who understand the fire's at the door. And where there's smoke, there's fire. And you know what? I don't care who you are. Fire attracts people. You've heard me talk about fire. As soon as there's a, some smoke over Floyd County, just get on Facebook. Billy Bob, what's on fire, y'all? You know that person. Drunken Miller, he's, he's, he's posting about fire somewhere right now. And we're like, Why? Because fire attracts people. And when the fire of revival comes knocking on this house door, I don't want to be so stuck in my ways. I'm like, oh, I've been praying for it, Lord, but can you come back next year? We're in a growing campaign right now, and I'm trying to reach everybody, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to straddle the political fence. I'm, 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 I'm trying to be Baptist. I'm trying to be Methodist. I'm trying to be Episcopal. There comes a time when you've got to get off the fence, and you just got to open the door. You've got to get Rhoda out there and say, fire is at the door, Rhoda. Open up the door. Restoration, restoration for Rome is knocking on Legacy's door. Will you open the door? Will you say, I don't care what they look like, bring them in here. God can change them. 
Will you say, I don't care if you are a homosexual. I don't believe the way you're living, but guess what? My God can change your life. And if I don't agree with you, you are the very person I want in my church because God can change your life forever. Will you get up on your feet with me if you're ready? Say, I'll open up the door of restoration. Come on, throw up your hands with me. Say, I'm ready for more. Oh, Lord, let me be a Rhoda. Let me open up the door for restoration for our city. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what they smell like. Oh, God, fire's knocking on the door. Will you open it up? Come on, let's sing this out this morning. Come on, if you want it, we just sing it out with me today. We're ready for more. We're ready for more. And break down the walls. Come on. And push back the doors. pray for three different things I believe when I want to pray for people you say you know what I need a change in my life it's not that I'm not saved but what got me here can't get me there you need to go deeper you need to get hungry you need to you need to you need to give more you need to stretch more if you're here this morning say you know what I need I'm saved but you know what I just there's something in my life I need I need a restoration I need that new structure in my life I want to pray for you the second thing I want to pray for is for those people who are in a season of waiting you've been in a season of spiritual waiting and you say you know what I don't want to I don't want to be waiting like I do in an ER room I want to be waiting I want to be waiting in a spiritual sense I want to be I want to be ready for an ambush you don't want to know what an ambush looks like an ambush doesn't look like you sitting on your couch eating a bag of potato chips an ambush doesn't look like you holding your phone no but an ambush you are sitting there you are waiting for the door to open it's like you're doing drills 24 hours a day. Like, when is it opening? I've been praying, when is it opening? You are, you are literally, you are walking around. You are walking around. When is it opening? When is it opening? God, just open up a window. I'll jump through it. God, open up a door. I'll come running through it. I don't care what it is, Lord. Just so I don't want to miss it, Lord. If you're in that season, you say, you know what? I don't want to miss what I've been waiting for. I want to wait in a spiritual sense. I want to pray for you. And the third thing I want to pray for, so you know what I want to open up the door 
God, use me to be a door opener. Some people don't want to volunteer to be a greeter because it's not on stage. But in the spiritual sense, a door opener, you are opening up access from heaven to earth. That's what you're doing. You say, you know what? I'll be a Rhoda. It, it may not look cute, it may not sound cute, but I'll be a Rhoda. God, whenever you come knocking, call out my name. You just call out my name. And you know wherever I am, I'll come running. I want to be a road. Lord, whenever you need God, whenever you're ready to transform a city, I'll open up the door and legacy for you. God, whenever you're ready to, to transform my life, God, whenever you're ready to bring my prodigal son and daughter back into my living room, God, just tell me and I'll open up the door for you. If you're here and you say, you know what? I'm in a waiting season and I want to wait in the spirit. You say, you know what? I want to be a Rhoda. Do it, Lord. Do it. If any of those things I just called out to you say, you know what? We're going to sing this again. And as they start to sing, I just want you to come forward. I want to pray for you this morning. Come on, let's just come forward. Come on, I need to change something. I want to wait in the Spirit. I want to be a door opener. Come on, anybody say, Lord, I just want to open the door. Come on, we're going to sing it out this morning. Come on, come on, step out this morning. fire fall and wind come blow, we're ready for more. We're ready for more. And break down the walls, push back the doors. We're ready for more. We're ready for more. And fire fall and wind come blow, we're ready for the people that should have moved but did not move the people that you are stirring their hearts right now and they're just like i can't i can't make the change i can't do it i can't do it. lord i pray for every person that you are speaking to those people who in a waiting season lord they're waiting for a spouse they're waiting for an answer they're waiting for a miracle they're waiting for that right job lord whatever it is they are waiting for lord i pray 
pray they start they start waiting in the spirit they are preparing for battle as they inhale in this season remind them that they're not wasting time but it is building up till the appointed time till it begins to speak and comes forth like a burst of air lord i pray for the people that need change they need new structures they need new prayer life they need they they, they need new giving routines they need they, they need new places to serve they need doors to open for ministry god i pray for those people this morning lord allow them to change do not let any person in this church be so stuck to a man-made tradition or a religion that we uh, that whenever you are standing there saying walk through the door we're sitting here like oh god i don't know i can't change oh no 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 we will not be those people and god i pray for the ronas in this house i pray for the door openers i pray for the door holders those who have their eye on the door and looking where's the fire come on lord where is it they are looking and they are praying and they are ready to open up a door for revival god i pray over every person lord right now oh god pour out something on them move upon them oh god stir it up they're ready for more today oh god come on you just raise up your hands come on let's make this a declaration over this house this morning place to be diverse if you know you probably heard me say it God laid on my heart for the Hispanic community Spanish speaking I want to make a declaration this morning Pastor Chase is going to sing it out this morning come on go ahead and start singing it out this morning Queremos más de siente hoy, dispuesto estoy, listo estoy.
just put our hands together today and thank the Lord for His goodness and for His mercy. Lord, as we leave this place today, bind us together with strong cords of love that cannot be broken. I declare this week, no weapon formed against this house shall prosper. I declare over this, this house and the people sitting here, the gates of hell shall not prevail against them this week. It shall not prosper. Every plan that the devil has for Legacy Church, it shall not prosper. Come on, it shall not prosper. Sickness shall not prosper this week. It shall not prosper this week. I declare it over this house. Every agenda of Satan is broken. It cannot prosper. It will not prosper. I declare it over this house. Lord, let us walk in faith this week. Lord, let us walk full of the Holy Ghost and power. I pray, Lord, that right now, oh God, Lord, that you would just wrap your arms around your people. I pray this week as we're walking through the marketplace that we just feel your angels encamped about around us, oh God. Speak to us, Lord. Give us vision. Give us dreams. Give us power from on high, oh God, that only you can give us. I pray for every person that's watching this morning. I pray they have felt your presence. I pray that they have felt your fire, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that right now, God, Lord, if they don't know you, that they cry out to you. I pray, Lord, that if you're calling them to repentance, that they get on their knees and they repent wherever they are. It may be Friday when they are hearing this. Lord, but your word, it stands forever. I pray if it's Friday and you're listening and God is speaking to your heart, I pray right now you pull over your car on the, on the side of I-75 and you just declare the Lord is my Savior. Oh, and I declare it right now. There's somebody watching right now and you've had glaucoma on your eyes. I declare healing is coming your way right now i just feel healing in the house today i feel restoration in this house today and if it's in this house it can be in your house why because god is opening up a door you just gotta open it up sir you just gotta get to the door and open it up ma'am i declare it over your life today be with us lead us guide us let us walk in faith let us walk in victory i love you lord i love you just a reminder, if it's your first time with us, be sure you fill out a connect card. I also want to tell you that next Sunday in both services, I'm going to be praying for teachers, administrators. I'm praying for all students that are going back to school. We'll be bringing our kids up during service and taking them back down. So get your kids here. I'm going to lay hands on every every teacher, every, every student. We're going to pray for them before they go back to school. So be sure you get them here next week. I love you all. Have a great week. I'll see you next week. God bless.